All right, we are recording. As you can see. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you do a fancy upgrade or something? I figured out how to use my, my screen. Nice. It looks good. Fiddle, stop. My cat is yelling at Somewhere me. Somewhere in the Black Lodge. It's just he's out there. You're in the Black Lodge. I'm in the Devil's Castle. Castle. <laughs> yeah, this is for all the Ninth Gate haters out there. Did you see that? I did. That thread? Man. Uh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Because Lisa started and then. The, yeah. These people. They don't I'm know. like, okay, that's fine. We can like different things. I totally get it. But it was one of those things where I was like, are you sh like, did you, are you sure you were watching carefully? Like, were, are you listening carefully enough to the movie? And I feel like it's one of those things like The Witch, honestly, where I'm like, if you're, if you're ready to receive the message of Ninth yeah. Gate, then you're, you, you'll like it. I also think, I do think with Ninth Gate, he is doing some, some stylistic shit. Yeah. That I love. Me too. And I kind I but I do kind of get that some people don't. May find it like there's nothing happening. And I'm yeah. like, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. Everything is happening. And and like depth, like some of it is just purposefully over the top, and then mm -hmm. some of it is purposefully like, we're just gonna sit here and talk. Right. And I think Polanski's I mean, dude, he's Roman Polanski. He's Roman Polanski. Making those choices. So I, I get if it's not everyone's bag, but I also think it's a movie you should watch more than once. I think so too. Like, I liked it the first time, but it was like second, third viewings where I was like, I'm kind of obsessed with, with the madness. I became obsessed with that movie. You know how much I love yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm just like, every time there's like, just something new where I'm like, Oh man, I didn't see that or whatever. I, I think it's great. I got so into it. I know we're just talking about Ninth Gate. Um, was, I think I was in high school when it came out. Mm -hmm. um, I started to uh, frequent old antique bookstores because of that movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. It's like you become obsessed. And so you pick up one of the things in the, that was one of the complaints of the people who were on that thread who were like, the irreverence, like all the, the the smoking that takes place around the precious books. And I'm like, that's part of it. Like, that's what he's saying about Dean Corso. Yes. Yeah. Is that there is no, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's why he ascends. Anyway, yeah, man. Also, now we're just never, talking about Ninth Gate. Well, I've never been to Europe. They, I mean, <laughs> come on. Everybody smokes. Everywhere. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. Um, so, how are you holding up? I am. I'm good. But I'm making the dream work. Cool. Cool. Somehow. Oh, are you moved on to a solo cup? Are you? Are you there in your life? I am. Uh, I need to do the dishes. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I've been because you know. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't drink. But because yeah. um, I know I've seen people be like, oh, I'm drinking a lot more. I am drinking a lot more like coffee. And, Me too, dude. And and soda, which I always drink a lot of, but I have my sister-in-law gave me these very fancy CBD sodas. Um, and I've been bad. I've been, I'm a bad environmental person. I've been bad about like using nine fucking glasses in one day. So I, I've got to, I got to stop that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm solo cupping it today. Like I'm 21 years old. <laughs> it looks great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 here. I, I clearly had enough time to figure out how to work the background image on the thing. I mean, that's Still did not, I haven't gone out. I almost made tacos this morning, but I was like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make I'm going to make breakfast tacos so that we so I can have tacos before right. the show. And then I was just like, time is meaningless. Yeah. And I, you know, laid there for a little bit, just staring at my dog. And like uh, and then I was like, oh, I guess I'll get up now. Yeah, it's, I mean, that that is really the, the strangest thing. I guess, you know, Aspen still has some form of a schedule. Uh -huh. Not saying she loves working from home or anything, but but like she still has to wake up at the same, relatively the same time and kind of do right. something. Unless I have a class, which I only now have one day a week. Right. I'm just like, man, I don't, 
have, I don't know what time it is. I, it, yeah, I don't know where I yeah, am. Yeah. And it's like, I have meetings about, I have like casting meetings. I had to get up early because I had a casting meeting before this auditions and shit. And I'm sitting here going like, we're, we're having casting meetings about shows that yeah. maybe, maybe they'll happen. Maybe they won't happen. Who yeah. knows? It's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing. And for that, yeah. that, that like hour or however long, cause I had a, a right. playwriting zoom thing the other night, you just sort of act like, yeah, yeah, we're still doing this thing. Yeah. I hope I can give you a job in a few months. Yeah. And then you get off from the zoom and you're like, we're not fucking doing this. Thing. We're not doing it. It's not happening. <laughs> so, yeah. It's crazy. Um, well, we're Taryn tacos. <laughs> Hi everybody. This is Taryn tacos. Time is meaningless. No, I feel like we're doing a thing like, some new movies do where the movie starts and you get like 50 minutes into the movie and then you get the credits. Boom. So yeah, then you get the we're episode. doing that. Um, <laughs> just like, what was it? The, the, the movie about the whole, the whole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was bold. They, they started the movie and then like 10, 15 minutes. Into yeah. the movie, we had credits. And it was, I was a like, good oh, amount, like a lot of pre-credits. Um, so today we're, we kind of had an idea to talk about, Cursed movies. Cursed movies. And then you yeah. told me about this movie called Antrim. I, I think I'm saying yeah. that. It's um, called Antrim. I'd, I'd seen it scrolling through Shudder or no, Prime because it's mm-hmm. not on Shudder. And um, it was like, because I like to read what year the movie came out, whatever. And it says 1977. And I was like, I don't remember. Right. I know my 70s horror movies pretty well. Uh-huh. And I don't remember a movie called Antrim. Right. And so I went in to look at more details. And it's a movie that was made now mm-hmm. as though it was a movie made from the 70s. And the whole premise is that it's a cult movie that has been lost because it's cursed. Yes. And that, and, and so it's set up, it starts as a documentary. We're going to, okay. we're going to make a documentary about this movie, Antrim, colon, damn the it. Most cursed movie of all time or whatever. Can I ask uh, you a question? Sure. All right. Do you think it's fair that, if you know your movie is shitty and it's going to be low budget, uh-huh. right? Just fine. Don't fucking apologize for your movie being low budget, yeah. right? But is it fair? Is it all right to put a fucking disclaimer in front of your movie in the form of a fake documentary right. to let me know that you didn't have enough money to right. develop your movie. Exactly. I, I, so I, no, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not it's, cool. It's, it's a fucking cop out. Don't it you is, think, Michael? I, I think it's an absolute cheat. And I thought, cause I knew very little about it. Um, I mean, I, I did the same thing. Like when you told me about it and I was like, wait, this is not. And then I was like, okay, gimmick. I'm fine with the gimmick, you know, me too. Come but on. if you have the gimmick, man, you've got to pay it off in a really real way. And mm-hmm. it actually, I know I spent a, a like a decent amount of time last week bitching about Blair Witch because I'm not a huge fan. But dude, if you remember when that came out, a lot of people bought in. Yeah. And I think that is a testament to the filmmakers, even though I'm not a huge fan of the movie, they went fucking full in. Right. And there were a lot of people especially we didn't really have the internets back then. Right. Who really thought they were watching, especially if you don't see a lot of horror movies, who thought they were might be watching something real. Uh-huh. And I was like, so if you're going to set up this like cursed evil movie from the 70s, I better feel like I'm fucking watching, like when I watch House of the Devil. Right. Where I have to convince myself that, wait, this is this is actually new. This right. wasn't made in the 80s. Right. And I don't think it achieves... I don't, I, think- don't, I don't think that. So, okay. Clearly friends, you know that I did not like the movie that we watched um, <laughs> this week. I was, and I really wanted to, because I love those seventies movies. I love yeah. those like crazy seventies folk horror. That mm-hmm. might be like my favorite genre. Yeah. Um, and so I really expected a lot. And so the movie opens with a fake documentary. And from the very beginning, they tell you, you better be careful watching this movie. People have died. It's the 
cutest movie ever made. Mm -hmm. So you're you're already setting yourself up, I think, for failure right there. Because yeah. nothing, nothing you can show me is going to be that. No, and I, you're absolutely right. Even if you're fucking, I, maybe if you were Stanley Kubrick, I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe, but even like, I love The Shining and it's scary, but it's not like I have to run out of the room, you know? Right, exactly. Um, and so and the, the, the documentary goes on to be like, there are cursed films. And then that whoever was the documentary narrator, I just wanted to punch her in the cunt. So like that, I was, that was even another problem I had. Um, mm -hmm. Because even the gimmick itself is not believable. Right. Because the documentary seems obviously fucking fake. A send-up. Yeah. It seems like such a fucking over-the-top send-up yeah. of a documentary. If I was like, hey, Christy, I'm doing a thing. Can you do the stupidest fake British accent? <laughs> right. That's what it sounded like yeah. to me. So we get this, like, fake documentary at the front end, which was, what, maybe, like, six seven minutes yeah i think so i think it was like less than 10 yeah it's not that long and then you get a thing that says um this is the deadliest movie ever made i'm you know only mature audiences pregnant ladies should walk out or right. blah, blah 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 and then you get another 30 seconds like 29 28 and i'm like oh my god yeah. come yeah. on yeah. And finally we have this movie start. The 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 lost movie that that is Antrim, right? right? And the little like myth that they set up is that it was shown at one film festival, the film festival like the building burst into flames. Right. There were these other cases of people connected to the movie that died. Mm -hmm. Um and even, you know, the little disclaimer is, you know, like they used to do that to to sell to get people interested. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but again, there's there's no like when Hitchcock did it with Psycho when he was like you have to come at the beginning because people came to movies I guess late back in the day and it wasn't a big deal, dude. You then sit down and watch Psycho, right? Exactly. <laughs> like when, when The Exorcist did it, yes. right? Then you watch The Exorcist. You watch The Exorcist, and my God, if you were you know an audience member, an original audience member for Psycho, or I think an original audience member for The Exorcist. Um, having no real context for it. Right. Yeah, man, you would have fucking, it would have paid off. <laughs> right. Um, but this, this does not. This now, not the, the premise of the movie is uh, a sister and her younger brother, like significantly younger. She's yeah. like in teens and he's a little kid. Mm -hmm. um, they have a dog yeah. and they have to put the dog down. Yes. And you don't know why. Right. Uh, but the little boy is sad. Yeah. And so, uh, like anybody would be. And so then they go into the forest um, because she has promised him. She has this, like, mystical book uh -huh. um, that... Oh, oh, and for some reason, the mother says to the little boy, the dog went to hell. Or Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, is she in heaven? Is Harriet in heaven or whatever? And the mother's like, no, the dog Harriet's went to not in heaven because she was bad. And you're like, like, fuck. Damn, man. I feel like even Catholicism has like a pet rule. Like, nah, I know. The dog will be like, there. <laughs> lie to your kid, even if you don't think the dog has a soul. Yeah. <laughs> So they go into the forest to try and bring her soul back. Yeah. Or save her soul. Which, if, like, here's my thing. Like, the seed of the story mm -hmm. was okay. Yeah. I mean, I it, it in some ways, to me, is like, could have, that, the, the Antrim itself, like, if it were handled, say, like, Neil Gaiman Coraline style or Tim right. Burton Frankenweenie style, it could have been, like, kind of a beautiful, sad, creepy, animated movie. Right. Short. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, this is not what we get. No, this is not what we get. We get a lot of wandering through the forest. Yes. And and we get a lot of wandering through the forest. And then on top of that, to add to the gimmick, in, in the sort of parts during the Antrim portion of this movie, the screen will freeze, right? Ugh. And you will have an image of a demon staring at you and moving his finger as though, you know, this is this is how the movie was cursed. You know, this isn't part of the movie. The evil got into it or, or whatever. <laughs> and then they kind of talk about that later at the end after Antrim. Um, and I was just like, 
again, man, this isn't scary. And you're making me stare at this like half shoddy made up. I mean, I don't want to diss a makeup artist. I know that shit is hard, but like, this isn't scary. And I'm just, it's it's not, yeah. And it's like so much time. Right. There there were those parts where the, like the demon is looking at you. uh, And those took in movie time. It was a long time. Absolutely. It wasn't like a quick subliminal flash. Right. And, but then we do, we do have those other quick subliminal flashes of the man and the woman in a bathroom. Yeah, who have been taped, like, taped up and, yeah. Yeah, like, kidnapped or it looks Uh, like some kind of weird torture porn or something. Yes, with, like, a Uh, weird Adam and Eve reference because there's the apple there. At the end. and the But the whole movie, you're going, who are these people? Right. Um, Why am I watching this? Like, how do they come into play? Right. In the story of Antrim. Um, So they, you know, they, they go to the forest. There's... I don't even know if it's worth like going through it. Basically, you find out that the sister has lied to the the little boy to make him feel better. She Mm -hmm. made up the book. There's no such thing except there is. There is. Yeah. Um, And then you get these two creepers who live in the forest. Yeah. Um, Who (laughs) I have no idea. Like, it's just these two creepers who live in the forest and they. You get the idea that like maybe this forest is like that Japanese forest where people go people, and commit suicide. Yeah. And you, you get that because there's a Japanese man. Yes. Tries to commit suicide in the forest. In the forest. <laughs> and they stop him. Um, and he runs away in his underwear. Yeah. And then later on, they come upon these two creeper guys. Yeah. Uh, which. <sighs> yeah. And they're cooking the Japanese man or yeah. something. Yeah. And so it's like, there's like hints that is it, is there, are, are they cult? Is it a cult? Um, she, you know, she convinces the little boy that Cerberus, the, you know, three headed dog that guards Hades or, um, is real. And so he starts to get scared about that. And all of this is then, like you said, intercut with these other little things that are sort of like the gimmick coming back. Right. right. The movie wasn't just the movie. There were other forces at play and the, I mean, God, it's slow. It's long. It's, it's not so slow. It's not scary, and it's not clever enough to sustain no. the gimmick. And no. my huge, like, from the beginning, post documentary, which I was already like, this is the worst fake documentary ever. The movie doesn't remotely look like it's shot on film. No, it looks like it's shot on video, and then you put the filter on there to try to make it look like it was shot on like classic 70s film. And it doesn't look like that at all. It doesn't look like that at all. And so immediately, the gimmick is like, and, and then I was like, okay, so if the gimmick is just like to get me ramped up and I, I'm not buying in like that it's real. Fine. If you give me a really fucking scary movie shot on video to look like it was shot on film. Great. Great. Um, but it doesn't, which is probably, which is house of the devil. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, House of the Devil is digital, but so well done. It, you, you you cannot tell. You're yeah, like, you am I watching a 70s or 80s film? Yeah. And also there's a thing about, to me, this was even another difference. Like the thing about 80s horror, when you got into sort of more low budget stuff, it, House of the Devil looks like that stuff. Yeah. 70s horror, we are still in like the golden age of of these sort of like sweeping filmic things. I know that starts to change with Halloween, the way he shot Halloween. Right. That's the end of the seventies, man. That's like the leading us into to the eighties. Right. This, I was like, okay, is he, it doesn't, even if it, I was like, okay, chainsaw. It doesn't even look like that. It just looks like we made it, they made it today. Right. You right. Know. I mean, it's like in, in quality, quality and style, it just was, it, it was not reminiscent of the seventies. No. And this, and I have nothing against those two kids. I mean, they had it to me like an impossible task. Yeah. Just because you put a girl in a 70s jacket doesn't make her believable as a 70s kid. Exactly. That, that, and the same with the boy. Like, yeah. And both that, of us were my, children. In, yeah. And both of us were kids in the 70s. It was a different thing. It was a, it was a different thing. They looked like, yeah, we, like people from now dressed up in like yes. 70s clothes. Yeah. That, that, um, exactly. I just did. And I didn't, you know, and 
I keep coming back to the 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 main i the like the main idea. So then later on in the movie, the the movie Antrim, yes. we learned that the reason the dog was put down was because it turned around and attacked the little boy, mm-hmm. and that's why <clears throat> the mother said no, the dog was bad, yeah. whatever, whatever. Um, there's something to, I mean, I kept sitting there going now, if they had, if they had concentrated on this part of the film, right. Mm -hmm. Which is the, the story about this little boy and his dog and whatever it is that makes the dog turn on the little boy and attack him. And then this whole idea of you're going to hell because you're bad. And right. we have to kill you, right? And then having to journey to save the animal. Like that seed and the fact that that the little boy is then seduced by whatever demon sure. it is, right? So that it turns out that he is bad all along and we didn't know. Uh-huh. That was more interesting to me. Definitely. Than what we got. What we got. And I, I yeah, I mean, I I, love, I I know again, we're just like rewriting this on someone else's movie. But um, I think if you if you did that and you want to keep the idea of the this curse, right? That this was a movie made in the 70s, you don't need the fake documentary. You just do the the, the crawl like at the beginning of Chainsaw that's like these events happened in 1980, whatever. This was in Texas, blah, blah, blah. Boom. You right. could have said, this is we. This is an old film that was this church burned, or not church, this film house burned. It was lost. We found it. It's said to be cursed. Go. That's it. And if you're not going to do that and you are going to do the fake documentary, then make it about these people getting involved with this fake film and just show us little clips of the fake film. Right. And make... Go all fucking in on those. Go all in on making it a documentary. Yeah. Like and what happened to these people to these because people. they made this movie or whatever. Yeah. There's a tiny, I'm going to throw this out there and tell me what you think. There's a tiny homage in the movie to Mulholland Drive. Which one? In my opinion, I was like, oh, this is this his David Lynch moment? Where it's a flashback, it's in black and white, yeah. and the little kid is playing behind the restaurant or yes, something. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see like something behind the restaurant, uh-huh. behind the dumpster, and Isa goes, What's that? And I was like, Oh, it's the tiny people that are gonna walk out. Walk of out. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> that's great. And she that's... started laughing. She was like, Oh my god, he's yeah. trying to this is his lynch moment. <laughs> this is his lynch moment. Um yeah, it was it yeah. I and I've read I read some reviews, like some people really love you know, I guess like most stuff, some people thought it was very clever and then other people I think were like us. And ultimately my problem was I was just fucking bored. You know what? The people who thought it was clever, they will probably inject themselves with Lysol (laughs) to get rid of the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that's what I think. It's, Fight me IRL. I, you're you're right. And, and again, like this movie was stupid. It was dumb and it was boring. And yeah. I if you hey, I know it's hard to sell a movie. I get it. You got a gimmick, cool. Then do it well. Like yeah. that, that's my only th- then also, do it well. If your movie's low budget, don't apologize for it. No. Figure out a way to make a cool look. look I mean, again, not not that they're my favorite movies, but like Paranormal Activity, that series makes no fucking apologies. Yeah. It, it it knows what it is. It uses that medium, you know, this sort of closed circuit thing. It you it does not pretend that they have a huge budget, and it still finds ways to do scary things. Right. Um. This I, this to me just felt like I'm apologizing for not being able to make the movie that I want to. Yeah. Make. And I went to film school and blah blah blah. <laughs> like right. that. You know that. Yeah. It, I, I I think it was. I think it was dumb. I think if you want to watch um, a, a, a folk horror movie from the 70s that is really creepy, there are so many oh, out so many that you can go and watch and that are not necessarily like jump scary, but are all about tone and atmosphere. Yeah. That are creepy as fuck. I mean, and if you just want to trip, which this movie sometimes felt like it wanted to be trippy. Oh, absolutely. Go fucking watch Mandy. Yeah, totally. Go watch Mandy. Yeah, this would be... Now, here we go. Panos Cosmatos <laughs> makes no apology. No, man. He makes no fucking apology for the movie he's making. 
Yeah. He goes in hard yeah. with the fucking weird shit and yeah. a 12 foot long chainsaw. Yeah. And doesn't explain a goddamn yeah, thing they, about what you're watching. Right. He is fully committed to being himself. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. That. And uh, I mean, if you're going to, yeah, I, I go back and like the, you know, the documentary thing is like, if, if you're going to do that, find ways to, to make fun of the film process itself. Like if you're going to do right. something that meta, then actually comment on the fucking medium. Right. Um, if not, I don't like, yeah. Why? I don't am I, care. Yeah. I don't care. And then it just kind of like abruptly ended. Oh God. And then it didn't end. And then it didn't end. <laughs> so, okay. Tell me, because you just, you said something, you mentioned something a little earlier that I was like, Oh, did I not? Cause like it ends with a little boy, like, ah, like smiling uh-huh. the end. Yeah. And then it doesn't end. It doesn't end. It and goes on. Yeah. And so it and goes get like a whole other sequence with the girl running around in the running tent. around. Yeah. And then you get commentary from the experts again. Oh, you do. I didn't even watch that far. Yeah. Because well, you'd already sat through credits. Like it, they start the credits and then like the Antrim credits mm-hmm. with the end and all that. And then this guy who's like, they go back to like the anthropologist or some shit and like a filmmaker and they talk about how when they looked at the film itself, um, things had been carved on it and pieces had been laid over it to like really? show the demon. Yeah. We couldn't tell from watching the fucking movie. I needed right. you to explain it to me. Yeah. And so it's just like beats you over the head with that. And then it finally fucking ends. God damn it. It's a long 90 minutes, man. God, man. That is like, so why do I care about that? Yeah, I don't. You already fucking showed it to me 20 million fucking times during yeah. the movie. And it wasn't scary then. No. And I, it was like, you know how you'll, you'll hear, I mean, common phrase, like if comedians will say like, if you have to explain the joke, the joke wasn't funny. Yeah. If you have to explain the thing that I just watched, if you have to tell me why I should have been scared, it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. Yeah. I should, you know, we, you and I talk about this all the time because sometimes we'll be sitting watching a movie and something won't make sense, like something won't click. And John will say, well, maybe this is what's, maybe this is what happened. I'm like, no, no, you should not, as an audience member, you, you should not have to fill in those gaping holes. There are times when you're watching a movie that the filmmaker invites you to make assumptions about what happened. Yeah. But, but this is not one of those. Films. No, this is not. And that's actually, I think, really rare. I mean, I think it is like guys like Lynch and, and there are very few filmmakers who step. Right. Who can do it successfully. Panos Cosmatos. Panos Cosmatos. You step away and say, I honestly don't fucking care if you know what happened. You decide right. what you think happened. I'm never going to tell you or explain it. Um, right. But very few people can can get away with that and do it effectively. I mean, Lynch does it in a way that at times is infuriating. Infuriating. But remember but, that time when we watched Twin Peaks, the return. Oh man. We were watching it together. And that final episode, you guys, I just have to say this. We were so excited. We would get together every week to yeah. watch Twin Peaks, the return and we'd make it an event. And so we finally got to the final episode and the final episode ended and Michael got up yeah. and walked out of the room Ooh. without saying a goddamn Damn. word. And it took me, it's so funny you bring that up because Drew just finished it, our friend Drew Wall. He just finished it two nights ago and texted me at some ungodly hour because knowing I was up and he just, all it said was, God damn it, David Lynch. Yeah. Um, And I kind of had to talk him off the ledge. And I was like, dude, it took me like three or four viewing. No, I know. I remember you and I like for months and months and months texted. I mean, not just you and me, but you and John, all of us. All of us. Yeah. Texted back and forth for months, kind of like helping each other get through that. Right. Right. And so, but that's, that's his genius, right? That's his genius. This is not that. (laughs) This is not that. This is not that. This is not me going like, ooh, what was that? I need to know. This is me kind of like, fuck all. <laughs> I never want to see this movie again because it's terrible. It's like yeah. barely a movie. It's barely a movie. Um, okay, so it does bring up like the whole reason we got into it. And the, it, it tries to 
bank on this idea that like back in the 70s and 80s, there was this whole sort of like idea of these certain horror movies that were cursed. Right. You already brought up The Exorcist. So we watched this series on Shudder about cursed films and how part of that was you know, with The Exorcist was like a marketing thing, mm-hmm. but it was really, um, I don't know, It's it explores almost like the psychology behind it. I think that this, ep- that, that this show on Shudder, the cursed film, and it's like each, there's five episodes, each of them are like maybe 30 minutes long. Yeah, they're, yeah, long. they're easy to sort of watch. Um, it's, if you want to watch about, like watch something about cursed films, go watch this instead of fucking Antrim. Yeah. Like, was so interesting and I the, what I loved about it was that it started with the Exorcist mm-hmm. and how all of that you know got did it it did start with the Exorcist yes, right yeah the Exorcist yeah, so the second one was the Omen yeah um, and as it progressed through the episodes it, it became more of like it's all of this shit started as PR and publicity and ways to get people to come and watch the film and all that kind of stuff. But then it kind of got out of hand. Yeah. And, and it's become kind of, I don't know, like an insult to some of the people who have been involved in horrible things that have happened. Yeah. And I think that that is made so clear in the Poltergeist one. Oh, yeah. And man, the director of Poltergeist 3 and the guy who does did this, I think the special effects are just essentially like, go fuck yourself. Right. This little girl died. This other woman was murdered by her asshole fucking boyfriend. Right. How dare you? Right. It's it's really interesting to see how something that starts out as PR Mm -hmm. and seems perfectly harmless, like a way to make money for your movie, which great, can get out of hand and, and things out of control and can really hurt people. Yeah. And so I thought, so you have that sort of aspect with Poltergeist and Poltergeist two and three. Right. And the, the Exorcist one, I thought one of the most interesting things, cause Exorcist, I mean, leaned heavy into it, right? Like mm-hmm. you're going to pass out it's the whole thing. Like pregnant women shouldn't watch this. They would right. park. I, the woman who came up with this is a goddamn genius. Right. She was like, I would hire an ambulance to be in the movie theater parking lot. I was like, that is so underhanded and brilliant. (laughs) And it's funny, not funny, that, I'm sorry, I'm eating a cookie. No, that's Um, great. Linda Blair talks a lot now about all the crap she got as a little kid. Yes. I mean, imagine being a 13-year-old kid Mm -hmm. and everywhere you go, people think you're the devil. Yeah, yeah. Um, because all of these stories have been spread. Spread, yeah, and it kind of because they interview her, and it's like she clearly just kind of like got that the hell out. Mm-hmm. Like she's an animal rescuer. Yeah, she works with she rescues dogs now. Yeah, and I was and like, you know, there are certain aspects of the movie that they want to ask her about, and she's like, I'm not going to talk about. I'm it. not going to talk about that. Yeah, and so you have all that, and then what, to me, one of the most in, again sort of infuriating and fascinating things was they look at. Like you said, how something that started as PR and then takes on a life of its own. Um, and then they bring in the psychologist or psychiatrist, psychologist, mm-hmm. where he says, like, we we as people will only we can only access things that we're familiar with. Yes. And so because the exorcist becomes so pervasive, right? And then essentially launches an entire subgenre of horror movies. Right. They show this guy and other people who are obviously either dealing with depression or something, another, something else, another mental life, something. Yeah, or have some some mental illness. But because they recognize the exorcist and maybe they already believe in, you know, they're religious in some way, that they will, that's how you convince yourself that you have a demon inside you. And you need an exorcism and you need an exorcist. And this guy points out like, dude, before that movie, like the Catholic church didn't even talk about this shit. It was archaic and they wanted no part of it. Right. And it was like, it was very rare even that anybody outside the Catholic church even knew what a fucking exorcism Exorcism was. was. 
And so he talks, yeah, he talks about like, because of that, the way that movie became so wildly popular, that this is actually what most, if you think about exorcism, that's most people's knowledge comes from this fucking movie. Right. Not from any real study of the thing, you know? And so it's so weird. So you have this, again, this brilliant PR, right? Mm-hmm. And a really good fucking horror movie. Yeah. I mean, a classic horror movie. Turn in- it holds up. Yeah, definitely. But it's like the way it, that all affected the people involved with all the curse shit. Mm-hmm. And then 30 years later, more than that, almost 40 years later, um, you got a guy hiring a clearly who's a fucking charlatan to to come rid him of demons. Right. And like the the trail of that is just insane. It's crazy because like you're watching this fucking charlatan guy whose last name was Bauhaus. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, I can't remember his first name, but it was like, I'm, I'm going to say Peter because it's, I'm thinking of Peter Murphy. Peter Murphy, sure. It's like I'm Peter Bauhaus and I'm an exorcist. And he's just like this guy who, who convinces people that they have demons in them. Uh-huh. And he goes and he actually exercises them in their home. And clearly he's preying upon people who, like you said, have some kind of issue in their past Uh or are super religious. Yeah. Or, Or, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Or could be schizophrenic or. Yeah. And this guy, he's like, he starts exercising this guy and the guy starts like, Talking in a deep voice and right. I'm Lucifer and blah blah blah. Okay. And I'm like, come on now. No, that, yeah, and again, that's what I thought was so interesting about what that anthropologist is saying, where it's like yeah. you only pull from what you from what is in from what you know. No, and so in your mind, demons talk like that because you saw it in The Exorcist or The Exorcism of Emily Rose or or whatever. Right, a million other of those movies. Um, what? Why would a demon talk? Why? Yeah, I know. So that brings me to to because the the second episode, the second episode was about the Omen, one Uh of your favorite movies, and and I was really excited to watch it. And it's like a lot of freaky things did happen, right? So when the Omen started filming, Gregory Peck, the 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 airplane that Gregory Peck was supposed to take, fly to Europe to be in the Omen, was struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. And but he made it clearly. Yeah. And then the the special effects guy. Uh, the following week or whatever, the plane that he took to go to the set in Europe was also struck by lightning. Yeah. He also made it right. Mm-hmm. There were like other accidents that happened in the movie, um, stuff like that. Um, the plane that Gregory Peck was supposed to go. But his flight was canceled or whatever. Yeah. Or he that just- one crashed and killed six people. Yeah. Or something like that. So everybody starts to use this kind of stuff like, ooh, it's cursed. Yeah. The guy who was the in the like baboon scene who was the trainer or zoo owner or something. The tiger <laughs> keeper who got <laughs> killed yeah, got eaten by the lions or something. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. But, but but if you work with lions... That's how you're going to die, Christy. Always, there's always a chance. Yeah. Right? There's always a chance that you're going to die by yeah. lion. Yeah. You know? I mean... so yeah. they, And they talked to Richard Donner, who directed yeah. the Omen. And they're like... I mean, and Richard Donner's like a very famous, very... You know, he's like a... a, a he's like a master director. Yeah. You know? It's Richard like, Donner. Do you, he, he doesn't need gimmicks. Right. Um, do you think this movie's cursed? And Richard Donner's like, no, actually, I think it's blessed. Like, yeah. you know, and then one of the other anthropologists makes a really good point that I just started laughing because he was like, I mean, if the devil didn't want this movie made, <laughs> don't you think Gregory Peck's plane would have gone down? Like, right. <laughs> right. Why would he cancel his flight? Like, <laughs> And then someone else is like, why doesn't the devil want movies made about him? Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I would think that the devil would want movies yeah, made. Good PR. Um, good PR. But then there was that guy. Oh my God. Oh my dude. God. I just, I hated him so much. He deserves and all I, of your hatred. 
like I'm not even talking about the guy who was like, I'm a witch. He he just seemed like I'm a witch and you know, whatever. That guy just seemed kind of lonely to me, you know? The the the, the black magician. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. I don't even I can't even remember his name. No, who who clearly like saw Chris Angel one too many. Oh, times. oh my god. Yes, exactly. And, and so then- he lives he lives in Oklahoma. Of course he does. <laughs> he lives in Oklahoma, somewhere in the country, and he has like a YouTube channel or whatever. And just the shit that he's like, I'm a black magician, and yeah. the devil. I don't believe that that the devil wants to remain unseen. I think the devil wants to be seen, and yeah. the power that I feel when I'm trying to kill someone with my words. <laughs> I'm like, what guy? Come on, man. You got those incense burners at the Pyramid Collection. (laughs) That's where you you mail ordered those from Pyramid Collection. Yeah. They're cheap resin incense burners. That is not a real skull. Shut the fuck up. up. You've never killed a man with your words. You've never killed a man with your hex. Come on. Um, oh, I just wanted to punch him. Me too. And but I, <laughs> I love like I do. It's just so kind of stunning and weird to see how influ- like how influential certain like just pop culture shit can be on people. You know? Why do why why are we like that, Michael? Like, I don't why know. Do we, like before we move into the stuff with Poltergeist or The Crow yeah. or Twilight Zone or whatever, because those were so interesting. Um, Sticking to like the omen and and the exorcist, why do we need to believe that there are curses and hexes? Like, why do we need to believe that a movie is cursed? I I don't I don't know. I I I honestly don't know. And it's funny because I teach Macbeth um, to English students, so most of them are not in theater, right? Right. And so every semester before, like when we teach Macbeth, I at least like to give some background for those of us who are in theater who, you know, the curse of Macbeth and all of that shit, just to do something fun and kind of teach them about like, if you were involved in this art form. Do people out there know what the curse of Macbeth is? Like well, some of the theater, the theater kids do. Most normal people, non-theater people don't. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I always, the argument I make is like, yeah, a lot of crazy shit has happened during productions of Macbeth. Um, great. And I don't say it in front of, I don't give a shit, but I know people get really upset and I don't need, I don't want to upset anyone. It's fine. But I also point out, if you have done a performance of, you could see Macbeth almost anywhere in the world, any time of At year, any time for the last 400 and something years. And there are multiple fights with swords and knives. People are going to get hurt. People weird. are going to get hurt. Yeah, weird shit is going to... And they're like, well, what about other plays? And like, well, the only other plays that would even be remotely equivalent would maybe be Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet. Most plays aren't done that much. Yeah, but it's most, like... Most plays haven't been around for 400 and something fucking years. But, you know, you could make the same argument about Boeing, Boeing. Right. I mean, it's a very physical play. Yeah. It's done everywhere all the time, all the time. but nobody's going, Ooh, the it curse hurts. of Boeing, Boeing. And that's why you don't get the stories. Yeah. And so that's like the guy brings, there's a, I guess it's the anthropologist or the, the psychologist again, who says like, look, people get hurt. Horrible things do happen on a lot of movie sets. Lots of but movie if, sets. But if it's when Harry met Sally, that doesn't feed into this this idea that there's a curse. It's only, these are horror movies. That's why people latch onto it. And right. Macbeth gets that because you have- It's a witch. horror play. It's a horror play. Um, I'm sure people get fucking stabbed doing Hamlet a lot too. Yeah. You know? Or like you said, Boeing, Boeing, someone's breaking a leg, man. Someone's <laughs> going to break something on that fucking show. Yeah. They're going to smash their hand in a door. Something's happening, yeah. Right. So it's it's yeah. We just sort of, I guess, culturally, like we want to, we 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 have the need to attach uh, meaning, right? We have as people, we need to find 
patterns in things, right? Yeah. And if something doesn't fit our belief, then it's easier to accept um, some supernatural. Or- like it's it's easier to accept some kind of like made up thing uh-huh. as a curse rather than than open your mind and go, oh, that's not the reality. I that's right. not reality. Right. So I have to assign something else to, it, to it so that what I believe makes sense. Yeah. And 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 instead of saying in poltergeist this little girl was ill and she had a shitty doctor right and the other young woman had a horrible fucking boyfriend right and they just happened to be in the same movie you know right shit like it happens and so then people because they're because curses follow these horror movies right the the exorcist and the omen and people like kept talking about i mean you guys can go look it up you, it's you, a really interesting show. Yeah, you'll find like reams and reams of stuff about the curses of these movies. And oh, this yeah. show on Shudder is really interesting. Um, but because the, it exists, then people want to assign it to stuff then like Poltergeist. And it's it's harmful. Uh, it's harmful yeah. because, you know, when you're working so closely with somebody on a movie or in a play even, right? Um you you do you become very close to those people you become like family almost and you're doing things that you don't do in normal jobs together right and you have to learn to depend on each other a lot mm-hmm. and when something happens to somebody in that group it becomes very difficult to then come back to the process yeah it becomes super difficult to go i guess we have to finish this now yeah we have to continue now because someone from our group is either hurt or hurting or damaged or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so all like that curse stuff kept happening and it was really difficult for the filmmakers, for the director. He didn't want to come back into the room and finish Poltergeist three. No, he was forced by the studio. I mean, essentially yeah. they said, we'll fucking sue you. Because there were scenes that had not been done that had Heather O'Rourke in them. The, the ending, right? They had to change yeah. the ending. And so he 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 talks about having to use a double for right. a girl who was, I think, 11, who he clearly, I mean, of course, like cared about on a very real level. And right. still, all of these years later, is so clearly devastated by this. Right. And then you have, and the same with the effects guy who who mm-hmm. worked on the first one where people say they used real skeletons, that's why. And he's like, motherfucker, they have used real skeletons in movies since Forever. Thomas Edison. Forever. Um, yeah, it still gets done all the time. Because this- guess what, people? Human skeletons are cheaper yes. than hiring an artisan. Yeah, and and he said this young woman who was my friend got murdered. Shut the fuck up! Right, and it's such a weird. It's to me, I, man. I was, I'm just the psychology of it's like the curse. It lets everyone off the fucking hook, mm-hmm. which I think is gross and wrong. Yeah, um, that absolutely. Girl, that it, girl it, got murdered, man. Yeah. Uh, by yeah. a dude. and it, it makes it this thing of like, oh, it's because of the movie. Yeah, not because no. some men are jealous fucking assholes. Like that, right. you know? Um, right. And also I think, I think part of it, you're talking about like, why, why do we do this kind of thing? I think some of it is, it allow. I don't know, man, this is a deeper conversation than I thought we were going to have, but I love it. Is It allows us to um, write, not, not write people off, but uh, tell ourselves that, that, that well, there's there is nothing that could be done. Um, right. if, if I don't have to deal with something, it's easier to deal with this movie is cursed or I have a demon inside me than I'm extremely lonely or I'm really depressed or I'm hurting. Um, I can attach this fucking thing to it. Right. Does that, I don't know if that made any no, sense. It absolutely makes sense. And it, it takes me kind of like fast forwards to... The, the, ep- the episode of the documentary that is difficult and was particularly difficult for me to watch for some reason was the Twilight Zone one. Oh, my God. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, um, Vic Morrow was an actor uh, in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And, and he died in the making of the Twilight Zone, which was directed by John Landis. And, um, and, and two children died. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah and this is the movie version for those who don't. I don't know. Yeah, the movie version of Twilight Zone from it was like the eighties. Yeah, the eighties. Yeah. And um, again, people are like, "Oh, it's cursed," blah blah blah. And I'm like, "No, no, corners were cut. Yeah, people didn't communicate." Um, I happen to think that there was like gross mismanagement of of the entire production. I agree. That and there was no justice. Right. And you, kids are usually very much taken care of during film shoots. Yeah. You know, like, and they have been for years and years and years and years. Like there are rules when you're using children. Yeah. You cannot keep them later than a certain time. Right. There are certain situations that you, you cannot, you would not put a kid in. You use a double right. or you only give them one side of the thing that they're shooting so that they don't know or whatever. Right. They have to have guardians on set. If not their parents, they have to have an assigned legal guardian yeah. on set at all times. Uh, to to I used to do this. Yeah, I used to do this for a friend when she was working and her her daughter was on wishbone, on wishbone. Right. And she could not be on the set, but I had to be on the set with her yeah. all the time. Which is good. Yes, this you know? is good. Like the kids still have to have a tutor on set too, if it's for a film shoot that's extended mm-hmm. or and TV. Like casting agents are very, 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 very strict about the rules that are used to, to hire children. Yeah. Um, and this production just kind of said, well, I don't give a fuck. I'll go yeah. take the kids off the street myself. Yeah. And they did. They bypassed all of those rules and those children got killed. Killed. Yeah. And it's, it's a, again, and then you have people say, well, the movie's cursed. And it's like, no, all no. people are negligent. They're negligent, man. <laughs> yeah, they're um, negligent. And it yeah. was, oh my God, it was just so devastating. It was so devastating, especially because that actor, Vic Morrow, was concerned about the whole thing. Yeah. Because he concerned, and he had voiced it. But so many times when you're an actor in a production, this is why unions exist, people. It is. When you're an actor in a production, on in a play or on set, you sometimes feel like I gotta do it because I've gotta right. I've gotta get through this thing. I've yeah. gotta show people that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to if make I get hired again. I wanna get hired again. Yeah. That is fucking bullshit. Yeah. That yeah, is fucking bullshit. Your totally. safety is first. first. Always. And I think on a movie set, it's it's even more so because, I mean, millions and millions of dollars are being spent and, and there are hundreds of people involved. Um, and so there's this pressure to, to do things that, that you might n- know are not safe or healthy or, you, you know. Um, and then a, a lot of, t- I'm not saying this has happened to me. I've gotten to work with mainly really great people, but then people will often turn it back on actors. Oh, that you're fucking difficult, fucking difficult actor. Right. Difficult like, actor. No, I, I don't feel comfortable swimming in this fucking water that, that, that I can't see the bottom of, you know, yeah. I like, don't want to be in a tank with an actual shark. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, yeah, it, it the Twilight Zone was like, really. I don't want to. I don't want to run having to carry these two children next to a real helicopter. Right. This is as ridic- explosions are going off. Yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's. It, I was. I was just kind of taken aback at how negligent. Yeah. That whole production was, and the whole time that they're talking to the production designer. You can see him like there's not a moment where he doesn't want to weep. Yeah. At the whole situation. Yeah. That, that dude will never get over this. No. Um, no. And neither, neither will the makeup artist in the crow. Like you could tell. Yeah. And, and it's funny or not. It's not actually funny, but it's uh, it's interesting. They're still like just on Twitter because I'm on Twitter way too much. Um, there's still like a lot of people who are like, fuck John Landis. And how was he able to get away with this with no fucking repercussions? You know, John Landis is one of my favorite horror. Yeah, I mean, he's made American Werewolf in London is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, but and the thriller and I, I had no idea. Like, I knew everything that had happened, but I did. This documentary brought to light so many things that I didn't know about how they had happened. Right. And I was, I'm really upset. Like I, I had to get up and walk away. It yeah. was devastating. 
to hear that he just didn't care yeah. and that he used real bullets yeah. in those machine guns. And it was like, here, Vic Morrow, you run through this swamp. And then at the last minute, we're going to pull you away. And then we're going to shoot up the scene and we're going to use live rounds. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. What, for, for a fucking... For a movie. A movie based on a show that was already better than the movie. I mean, right. Rod Serling's Twilight Zone is unfucking touchable. Right. <laughs> and then you turn around and they they interview the guy from uh, Kaufman from, from Trauma Films. Uh-huh. Who, you know, and if, for those of you that don't know, Trauma, it's like really famous, notorious, independent movie house that makes horror movies and they've been around forever. Yeah, and low budget, B-horror movies. Low budget. Yeah. Uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Purposefully over the top. Kind of like they're purposefully. And he talks about how their three rules are let you safety first. Safety first and then make a good movie is last. Yeah. And make a good movie is much smaller than people are first. Yeah. People are more important. And they don't care. It's like if it gets it, if if this effect gets in the way of someone's safety, then we're going to do it however we're going to do it. And if it looks terrible, it looks terrible. We're going to keep people safe first. It's a fucking movie. It's a fucking movie. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, wow, are you so important? Are you so important that you would endanger these children? Children. Yeah. Oh my God. It was really upsetting. Yeah. And I think again, that, that goes back to this then. So when people are, it's cursed and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, man, you're, you let all of these people off the hook when you say shit like that. Right. You no. Know? Um, right. And yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. Is it, it, what? It was just interesting to see how the, the documentary starts as kind of like, this is how the curse started, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then it kind of like, just it culminated in, in what we're talking about in people need to be better. Yes. People need to be better. So do you think, I just said, it's, you know, we talked about it kind of like lets people off the hook or says, lets you not have to deal with certain things. I also wonder like going back to your friend, the black magician. Oh God. <laughs> with his powerful web series. Um, do you think part of that is like, I don't know. He, I wanted to punch that dude in the face and fuck that guy. But like some people, do you think it's like, I want to, I, I don't have control over most things in, in my life. And maybe this is a way I can make myself feel like I'm in control of something. Yeah, I do actually. I mean, I, but I, I, I think that, and on, on the surface, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, there, on the surface, there's nothing wrong with going, you know what? I'm going to light a candle on the full moon to make myself feel better about a thing and put my energy out in the world and see what happens. Right. There, 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 I do that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but I also know that the moon is not responsible for whether I get a job tomorrow or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Um, this is dangerous. Like this guy is dangerous because he's the, po- he's to the point of delusion. Right. He believes that he is a powerful magician uh-huh. that can make a circle in the dirt, sit in the center of it, and kill people with his words. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And I think that that's this close to you're crazy. Yeah. And then if you, if you take that further step, do you act out on things to prove that you were right. Right. You know, and, also, then, and the fact that he has like a web series or whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know, maybe it's 10 viewers. I have no idea, but that then you have influence over other, other people. people who are weak minded or, yeah, who, or, 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 or need help looking, and looking for an answer. Yeah. I mean, something. I, I might have, I don't know if I've told, told this story on this. So, you know, I used to be, I, when I moved to Chicago. You used to be a black magician? I was a telephone psychic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the reason I quit, I mean, it was just, you want to talk about desperate. I mean, I had no money and was going to get evicted and all that. And I got this job. And, like, most of it was, was teenage, honestly, teenage girls or not even teenage girls. Like, 12-year-old sleepovers calling right. in 
that was having fun in a slumber party. Right. I'll read some cards. <laughs> a woman called me and she kept me on the phone for like three hours um, and was so clearly dealing with real mental illness and obviously needed a doctor or you know, therapist and like someone fucking qualified to talk to, not some 24 year old dude who was stoned in his living room with a tarot deck, you know, making shit up because he's pretty good at improv. Um, And that's when I I quit. And I think the black magician with his show or or the fucking Peter Bauhaus, (laughs) when you start to use that to to prey (laughs) on people who need real help is, is that is to me is just the, fucking worst form of, of it's it's insidious so, yeah it it's, is it is it's insidious it's 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 terrible it makes you a terrible human and it's also you know uh i don't know it it's this the stuff that like when they were talking about the crow where they start using bruce lee's story yeah to promote the movie that they're making, uh, it, it, it's just, yeah. up, but man. they say, you know, like the, then the entire Lee family is cursed. I'm like, right. someone fucked up on set and killed Brandon Lee when he was in his fucking twenties. Right. At the, what was about to be the beginning of his, like of his career, career, which then fucking ruined the other actor's life. I mean, the guy who plays fun boy, Michael Massey. Yeah. Who passed away not too long ago. He, I mean, he lived, but like that actor who accidentally shot and killed Bruce, I mean, Brandon Lee. Through no fault of his own. Through no fault of his own. Was told this is how, yeah. Never got over it. No. Like he died years later of stomach cancer. Right. And like, I, I really, I do believe in, like, I believe that, that, that you can, I do believe you can make yourself sick. I do believe that stress and anxiety and worry and depression, if not, monitored by a real doctor and or or therapist that you can make yourself physically ill. And I am willing to bet that whatever that actor's proclivities already were, were just made worse by this feeling of guilt. Right. Feeling of like, I I accidentally killed this guy. Yeah. That I was friendly with. That I was friendly with. Yeah, not even that. That I was like anybody. Like I accident, like fucking killed someone in my job, man. In my job, and and then people market it as the Lee family is cursed. I'm like, good lord, what yeah. is wrong with people? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's money dollars. Yeah, and I mean, I say this as someone who I was obsessed with The Crow. I mean, I love that movie. It's oh the- my god, it it is. It's a, I love that movie. So I think it's a movie. It's, quintessentially 90s you know yeah um good but yeah it is uh i would definitely say watch the shutter series it's it's just as a a study in what we as humans latch onto and how things can snowball you know right it's very very that shutter series was so very interesting it does get devastating at the end yeah um with the with um, they're all devastating but that that the twilight zone one is just like oh my god all of this could have been prevented yeah definitely i feel like the at least with the the first three the exorcist the omen and poltergeist the the horrible things that happen which are especially in poltergeist uh that are it's not related to the movie it's not that someone on set fucked up horrible things happened in in the world the last two is just like these people fucked up so yeah. bad, you know. Right. So I think that the last two to me were much more of like a gut punch, right? Um, in in that way, the first and three. Like, are like, this is the effect that this can have. <laughs> yeah. Right? The first three are like weird or in poltergeist very happened. bad things, but yeah, but it was outside of the movie, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but don't watch Antrim. No, don't know if it go if you want to watch a gimmick or movie that has a really awesome gimmick. Go watch House of the Devil. Yeah, um, go watch House of the Devil if you want to watch one of those movies. If you want to watch an actual seventies movies, there are so many. So many. Hit me up on the DMs and I'll tell you which one to watch. Yeah, and if it is um, a gimmick, the gimmick should just be the way in, man. Right. You know, you still 
you got to go make a kick-ass movie. <laughs> you still got to work a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Christopher Guest, like, come on. Yes. Like, it's like, He's oh, ha-ha. And then you're like, no, this is absolute fucking genius. You know? Right, right. Um, all right, well, maybe we should find something we both like to talk about next week. Yeah, I think we should. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know. Um, you know, we like Ninth Gate. Nobody else says, I'm seeing a lot of love for Dr. Sleep now that it's streaming. I'm like, fuck what? it. I, yeah, come on. Fuck all do of you y'all. Think, do you think... This is an idea. You can totally blow it out of the water if you want. You think we should revisit some of the ones that we hated now that we have time? Sure. I'd be up for that as long as it's not it part two. Okay. I don't want to watch that one either. <laughs> um, never again. I never have to watch it again. Um, I don't know. We hated Hereditary. We hated Dr. Sleep. Yeah, uh, I would. I'm I never going to watch The Nun, Michael. No, no. Um, I mean... The nun yeah. sent me to the hospital. Let's, dude. Yeah, let's look at one of those. And I mean, I mean, I, I'm almost willing to give Doctor Sleep another shot. Just, I don't know, based on the fact that I like Ewan McGregor and I like Mike Flanagan, and you know, maybe watching it now where I don't, we don't really have anything else to do might shape. Because part of me does think that as well. I'm like, well, if I saw Doctor Sleep today and hadn't seen it. And I'm stuck in my fucking house all day. I might've been like, oh, this was a fun kind of creepy escape for two hours. Yeah. Do you opposed, think so? I don't know. I don't know. As opposed to, I spent $40 at Alamo to sit through this piece of garbage. Maybe you're right. Maybe I, I could have been doing something else. I just, I wonder, I don't know. I wonder what effect being in this situation has. Like I keep going back to like, would the Tiger King have been, we talked about this. Yeah. Like, would it be this insane thing that it is if we weren't in this situation, you know? Right. Um, maybe, I don't, I don't know, but. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's new episodes on Tiger King. Did you know that? You told me that. I got to check. Oh uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll take the, it's, I mean, there, you got to cash in while the money, while the cash I guess is so. good, right? Um, I guess cool. you got to. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll re- we will revisit something and try to remain open-minded. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll see. All right. I'll see you next week. All right.